Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information. We are wrapping up the CAA World Congress of Sports in a special edition of Morning Buzzcast. This is your Morning Buzzcast for Thursday, October 13th. Good morning. I'm Abe Madcore, joined again by John Oran in New York as we wrap up the CAA World Congress of Sports. And John, the conversation, the panel discussions on Wednesday were a little different than they were on Tuesday. You led the first discussion on Wednesday morning. Five leaders in sports, all with different perspectives on growing sport, and reaching fans. Everybody's always looking to the future. It's always about trying to grow their business and how they can grow their business. What struck me about that morning panel is how everybody was looking uh, at it. It was uh, Hans Schroeder from the NFL. It was uh, you know Zach Leonsis from Monumental. It was Boris Gartner from La Liga. Jessica Gelman from uh, from the Craft Group, and and Bo Han from from Buzzer. And there. Ever, they all are making a lot of money and they're, they're uh, making a lot of strides in terms of uh, looking to the future. But what really struck me is that there's a dichotomy because they still need old media. They still need broadcast uh, television. They're still focused on trying to get butts into seats. You know, how do we get the fans to, to keep coming, coming out? Trying to parse that or trying to figure out which one is more important than the other, I just didn't fi find to be really fascinating. Well, you had that because you had Jessica Gelman really stressing that, hey, we still need to work as an industry to make the live event appealing and work hard to get young people to pay for tickets to attend live games. We had others talk about, I'm just trying to get people to watch a 20-second clip on my service, and that's the way that they'll be engaged with sports. And how do you get that person watching the 20-second clip, which are younger people, to, uh, to devote two hours, three hours to watching a game or even attending a game. But I, uh, one of the things that I loved was Jessica Gelman was talking about bringing down the price of the tickets to get younger people to, to watch. And Zach Leontes, of course, owns the Wizards and the Capitals and the Mystics in, the, in D.C. He said, I have a different viewpoint yeah, on that. Yeah, he did. And he said, like, our premium seats are actually selling quite well. And those are the really, I would say, he's almost like the marketable, valuable seats because that's, of course, where they're making their biggest margin. And that's where, of course, it's also the, the marquee. And we've heard in sports, high-end seats are actually the premium seats at the live venue are selling quite well. It is that middle tier that has traditionally been the softer sell. But I do agree with Jess in terms of like, you and I still talk about, we go to enough sports events that you still need to get people to the event because that really changes the dynamic and the fandom. Well, I've always thought one of the problems is uh, with the nosebleed seats, how, how are you gonna make that experience better than watching it on television, that, which is question. the best seat in the house. That is a great question. And so you had different approaches, and I thought that, you know, even with, uh, you know, Zach Leonsis in terms of all, their, all the things they're doing in Washington, D.C. around sports betting, around buying the regional sports networks and placing a bet on that business where, John, you've written time and again, that's a challenging business, which he admitted. 
Yeah. I, well, Zach had a great answer for that because I, I was like, why are you bu buying this old media uh, channel that's in decline? He goes, we didn't buy a channel. We bought our rights back. And so what they're going to do with those rights now that they own everything. They own the, the RSN. They own the teams. They own the building. It's, uh, they're going to be testing it and, and they're going to be allowed to test it with a lot more flexibility than say a Sinclair, which is sort of encumbered by, you know, 21 different RSNs. This is one person that owns everything that's, uh, that's gonna be uh, testing out different options. And it won't be immediate. He said later to you and me that it's gonna take them time and it may take them well over 12 to 20 months to start testing and to really start seeing a difference in the marketplace. Cause he said, they're already like, well, what are you doing? You know, nothing's changed. And he's like, well, we just bought these networks. You have to give us some time. I think that'll be one of the more interesting initiatives in all of sports, what's happening in that DC market. I want to take my hat off to the Leonsis uh, family because they have been really uh, forerunners in the RSN business in terms of testing the uh, an alternate gambling right. uh, telecast and doing d like really innovative different things so just to see see if they can grab younger viewers or have p uh, viewers uh, watch for longer periods of time. Yeah, and a theme for the two days has really been about Gen Z and drawing in young fans and you have Bohan who's doing it differently in terms of aggregating all these highlights, all these 20 second clips across sports to your point to try to keep them engaged for longer. You had Hans Schroeder talking about this data base of all these fans who are in both NFL's database and all the and all the teams and they think that's a very powerful force so they can do segmented marketing and go to each fan about their likes and about the way they consume sports so there's a really a push there to try to grow the pie yeah and uh, don't forget Abe the big data that comes yeah. from it because the the passive television viewer is uh, they have no data on on those people other than uh, you know a couple of Nielsen numbers these digital viewers, they know exactly who's watching, when they're watching, and for how long. And that's what Jess and Hans talked about with the Amazon deal. Like Amazon now is able to do this deal because they can get data on all these sports viewers for Thursday Night Football that may have not been in their ecosystem before. And well, not only that, but even if they have been in the ecosystem, now they're spending three hours inside Amazon. Got it. Are they going to be more likely to buy paper towels and, and uh, you know, whatever merchandise they might want. It was pretty, it was a very fascinating discussion. And we also saw the day really unfold around personalities, John, and two great storytellers. And, you know, we had Dana White from the UFC and we had Paul Levesque from the WWE back to back. And both just, I thought, really animated energetic, dynamic storytellers. Dana White talked about just really growing that UFC brand. Yeah, what a great way to end the, the two-day conference. Uh, Dana White, uh, of course, of the UFC, he really talked about just buying the UFC for how much did he say? They bought it for $2 million, he and the Fertitta brothers, and they sold it, of course, to Endeavor for 4.05, or 4. maybe 4.25, Billion. That's not a bad return there, Abe. And uh, and just hearing hearing him talk about that and sort of the sweat equity uh, that he put in that. But one of the things that really struck both of us is when he, he talked about the women fighters and the popularity of uh, of, of women fighters in, in the ring. And we gave them SBJ awarded them a League of the Year last year. And one of the reasons we were in the room with the with committee the and yep. with the committee, one of the reasons was what they're doing to bring in uh, women, uh, to, to popularize the, the uh, women fighters. I would agree. And so, you know, if you ever get a chance to hear Dana White, he's just a, I would say, uh, a run of just great stories. 
uh, great laughs. He talked about how he's used social media to really benefit the brand, and it, you know, it's it's really amplified his personality. We also had Paul Levesque. Yeah, you did, you were on stage with Paul Levesque, who talk about a storyteller. Storyteller who's really had a rough, you know, last patch. I mean, he had a very serious, serious health scare, and now he's in great health, and he's taking on a much larger role at the WWE with Vince McMahon's retirement, and so he's in charge of storylines, creatives, picking talent. It's a big job he has, and so to hear him talk about how they look at villains or how they look at heroes and how they thread that storyline and try to create these new personalities, I just thought was pretty fantastic. His wife, Stephanie McMahon, was in the audience. Nick Khan was in the audience, and they are the real leaders of the WWE right now. Yeah, what, what I really like to see, it seemed like the entire WWE came from uh, Connecticut down to Manhattan for this, just to, to listen to Triple H up on, on stage. And I think that goes to show the uh, uh, amount of, I would say, appeal, and I would say how fond they are uh, of Triple H and Paul Levesque. I, I'd say I did a lot of you know reaching out to people before the interview about what I, what I should ask him and what's he like to work for and with, and you know, bar none, people love working with him and they love him as an individual. And I think the audience could see that in his style, his comportment and the way he conducts himself. So I thought we ended the day, we ended the conference with some really good storytellers. Yeah, I, I wanna give one quick Dana White story. Most of our speakers, we have high level speakers. Most of them go on stage, get off stage and, and head to the exits. Dana White was out with the crowd taking selfies, signing autographs. I, I think he, he introduced himself to every single person in, in, in the crowd. As he was leaving, uh, there was a, a doorman. He hugged the doorman on the way out. Is that right? Yeah. So there was a huge line, to John's point, of people waiting in line to greet or meet Dana White and, I will say, Paul Levesque after their respective appearances. And it shows the appeal that both of those leaders have in terms and the appeal of the fight game. This isn't and, a and fan event, sport. Abe, right? It's, right. Uh, these are business executives These are that business are here. executives, yeah. and they were lining up almost as big fans of both Dana White and Paul Levesque. And, John, I wish we could say that we had – 10 huge takeaways from the CA World Congress of Sports. That'll take a little bit more time, thought, and energy. But the overall takeaways that I have, people are very bullish about the sports business, even in the throes of an economic headwind and, and recession, potentially. But by and large, sports executives that spoke here on this stage feel that sports is still in a very strong place and a very good investment. We've done these conferences, Abe, in the middle of economic downturns, and it's been deadly. It's been very negative, both in the crowd and on the stage. I didn't pick up on that at all. I'm not sure if it's because we're coming out of COVID and, and, and people are sort of moving forward, but the, the po amount of positivity on stage and in the crowds, really, it struck me. Yeah, and everyone, of course, loves this time of year because we've got baseball playoffs. We've got the NFL in full swing. We've got college football in full swing. It's an exciting time to be in the sports business. It's an exciting time to be in sports, and it's an exciting city to be in New York for the CAA World Congress of Sports. And I think, John, that all kind of led to some great energy in the room for the two days. And plus, I got to be on the Buzzcast, Abe. Thank you for having me on. Well, it's been awesome having you on on the special edition of the Morning Buzzcast from the CAA World Congress of Sports presented by Sports Business Journal. And remember, if you're an all-access subscriber to Sports Business Journal, you can view all the sessions from the CAA World Congress of Sports on demand. And if you're not a subscriber, that is your call to subscribe. So hope you enjoy all the content from a great event. And that is your Morning Buzzcast for Thursday, October 14th. For John Aran, I'm Abe Madcor. Stay healthy, 
Be good to each other. I'll speak to you later in the week. Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information.